Hi, Ron here and welcome. We love that you've come to join us here and listen to a lot of our episodes. Please help us continue with this by supporting us through either joining the Barack Center at thebarackcenter.com or joining us at the Fringe Church at thefringechurch.com and sharing and donating through those sources. And once again, thank you for joining us today. So, um, welcome back to Revelations 1, 1 to 8. Just too much stuff in this for one morning, so we'll read it again and, and just take this little piece a bit further. This is the revelation revealed by Jesus Christ. The revelation which God gave to him to show to his servants. The revelation which tells of the things that must soon happen. The revelation Jesus Christ sent and explained through his angels to his servant John, who testified to the word sent to him by God and was attested by the witness borne by Jesus Christ to everything which he saw. This is John writing to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and who set us free from our sins at the cost of his own blood and who made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. Behold, He's coming with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and the people who pierced him will see him, and all the tribes of the earth shall lament over him. Yeah, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, he who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, I'm just trying to read that the way it's written. You will notice as we go through the book of Revelation, John is in a dreadful predicament. He's in real trouble. He's in exile. His people are wounded and in a horrible place. Random bad things are happening. Stuff that makes them wonder, is this whole Christian thing a waste of time? Is the whole God thing a waste of time? And John just keeps breaking out in parties of praise. Right here, you've got the first one. He's just yesing and amening and and just building up the tempo and and making lists. It's like the Amplified Bible, you know, lists of names for Jesus. And and he's just having a big hallelujah right now. And that is something to watch for in this book. It's perpetual. And there are chapters where the worship just goes ballistic. So we'll watch for that. Now, question. We've seen a little bit about the Trinity, a little bit about God. What has Jesus done for people in this passage? Number one, he loves us and has set us free from sin. Now, the verb tenses are great. He loves us. That's present tense. Right now, today, Jesus loves us. The steadfast love of the Lord is new this morning. Right now, he prays for us. Right now, he pours his spirit out on us. Right now, he knows our situation. Right now, he bleeds with us, weeps with us, dances with us, laughs with us. He loves us. And he has set us free. That's in the past tense. Something has happened back there that set us free from our sins. We are loved. Boom. Every day, every heartbeat. We have been set free from our sins. That is just a done deal. It's history. I love that. Uh, 
That's how we understand the cross. Our forgiveness and our access to God, the friendship of God, was won for us and made available to us at Calvary. Can't be and doesn't need to be repeated. We have been put right with God. And our mission is just to announce this incredible piece of news. The world can go to hell in a handbasket. God is not our problem. God is our Father, our Saviour, and is with us. He has made us a kingdom, priests to our God. You know, once you were no people, now you are the people of God. Called out of darkness to sing the praises of him who called you into his marvellous light. Together, the church, living and departed, we who are still here, those who have gone before us, along with all of the angels and the whole company of heaven, constitute the kingdom of God. We serve as priests. Priests are people who understand how to draw near to God, how to worship God, how to intercede for other people, and how to speak to other people in the name of their God and draw them close. That's us. He loves us. We are forgiven. Our lives are caught up now in this adventure. And we live in a context. We live in the world. And even in the last days, I've heard stories from our worlds where things go wrong. And the Bible talks about a mystery of lawlessness. Just dreadful things happen to good people, to morally inoffensive people. Terrible things happen. Is the world going somewhere? I love this opening phrase. Jesus, who reveals to you the things that must happen soon. They must happen. History is not a haphazard accident hurtling out of control into the abyss. Everything that happens, all of it, the traumas, the wars, the excellent good works, the great lives, the great loves, the famines, the celebrations, the disasters, the great victories, the great moments, the tremendous inventions, the special days, all of the political corruption, all of the personal tragedy and triumph, all of the music, all the philosophy, all the movies, all the stories, all the commerce, all the big deals done, all the sporting achievements ever made, all the technology ever invented, all the travel ever conducted in life itself. Everything is heading in a straight line to one thing, that's certain. We're going to see Jesus. This must happen. He is coming. All life points to that. Some will weep, some will dance. Everyone will see. We are people who live in hope, in the middle of all of life, in its glories and its shames and its embarrassments and its horror. We are the people of hope who say, history must go to God. Jesus will be seen. Hallelujah. Especially when life hurts. This is the great thing about hope. When life is at its worst, when the people who are dear to us die and it just seems tragic, when great plans are just ruined and there seems to be no redemptive purpose, we are the people who carry this conviction that all of everything is heading in a line towards the day, the Omega day, when we will see Jesus. So, this little passage sort of opens up Revelation. It says... God is not mocked. He is quietly and wonderfully and in control. And in the argument, 
between humanity and God about who is in control, he will have the last word. This little passage sets things up confirming the word of Jesus in John 16, 33. The world will make you suffer, but be brave. I have defeated the world. This passage agrees with 1 John 5, 4. The victory that overcomes the world is not that everything makes sense and all of your plans come together and life is just peachy keen and you die and you sleep at 130 years old. That's not the victory that overcomes the world. That's what the world thinks victory looks like. From God's perspective, the victory that overcomes the world is our faith, our hope, our love. Our faith is, is the victory. Hang in there. John writes, there'll be trouble, there'll be temptation. Some things will make us afraid. Other things will be hard to understand. Jesus said, when you see these things happening, rejoice because your redemption is drawing near. These things must happen before the kingdom comes in its fullness. It's true for the book of Revelations and the early church. It's true as principles of history. We need to write it in our hearts so that it's true for us. Well, we open up so much just here. Grace, peace, faith, eternity, truth, morality, judgment. God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. The great themes of salvation are already full in the, in the spotlight. Governments are put in their place already. And Christians, we are identified as key players in the divine drama, the priests of the living God. And that's just the first eight verses. Let's pray. Father, this guy's awesome at how much he can just pack in to such a short passage. Father, it's going to take us time to become his friend because he's got so much to say. But Lord, we deal not with government oppression and, and violence against us because we are Christians, at least not here. But Father, we do deal with the randomness of life and the things that make us wonder, is Jesus still on the throne? Help us on this journey through this book to get written in our hearts, yes, he is. There is a world coming where it will make sense, where justice will be served, where redemption will be fully won. Father, help us not to become otherworldly and spooky. Help us to become bulletproof in this life as we come to understand who we are and whose we are. These things in Jesus' name. Amen. See you in the morning. Thank you for listening to another episode. And please, don't forget to sign up to the thebarackcenter.com or thefringechurch.com and help support us so we can reach many more. Thank you again for joining us today.